Hello and welcome to Real Weird Sickos. I hope you're having a terrific day as we join ourselves back with the crew. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Mr. Charles Khan. Mr. Charles Khan, what is popping in your neighborhood? Well, brother, let me tell you something. Every day's a new adventure. How can we humanize ourselves and be somebody that's a real-life person and not just some imaginary cartoon internet personality? Absolutely. You know, it's 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 very nice of you us to join us from a Casio uh, keyboard microphone. Yes. Uh, but you know, but you know who's <laughs> location uh, who, all the way in the we, bucket. We finally get to rate your setup. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I rate and it that less is, than zero. <laughs> well, speaking of somebody who's not a zero, that's my good friend, Miss uh, Jen, Miss Dojen. What's popping in your neighborhood? I'm very productive today. I'm very proud of myself. Very nice. Extremely productive. Banger coming out at the end of the week, but it'll already be out by the time this comes out so you know what i'm talking about absolutely <laughs> links in the description but you know who's also one of the most productive people i know it's mr uh mr kino corner himself kino what's happening my good friend well before i say anything about myself i just want to congratulate charles khan on making a very good reference to a brett easton ellis novel less than zero <laughs> mm-hmm. uh that was also a pretty good movie uh, everyone here listening might know Brett Easton Ellis for making possibly the greatest movie ever made or writing the book that this movie is based on, which is American Psycho. Uh, I know everything about this movie and I am the Kino Corner. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, a provider of uh, one half Kino of the Kino cast who we had yeah, uh, Oki lost uh, last time. Works in yeah. Kino Oki's and weird Kino stories. Accessories. Exactly. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. I have to return some Kino tapes. Absolutely. Uh, I w- That's I will all in this you podcast. Know, if you don't know, if you don't know what the Kino Corner looks like, just picture him as Patrick Bateman. Some folks call it a kino. A kinocologist. Yeah. So, so talking about what I look like, what's funny is that when I was younger, everyone compared me to James Franco. Honestly, because when I smile, yeah, like my whole I face wrinkles up, kind of looks like him. But I'm finding out that as I get older, I look more like Aiden Gillen. Aiden Gillen being in another very uh, meme, uh, memed heavily uh, movie, The Dark Knight Rises. He's the guy in the beginning that says, you're a big guy. And then Twitch Bane replies, are you? (laughs) I I, I did say you look like like James Dean. You look like James Dean. I will say that. Well, (laughs) yeah, you know, just uh... if you mix every Hollywood actor, right? That's why I'm in Hollywood. I'm in Hollywood for all the right reasons, um, you know, I'm but the thing is, is that I'm really trying to get a leg up the but I'm having a really difficult time, I guess, getting a leg up in Hollywood, because for one, I don't do cocaine. And for two, I'm not a pedophile. Fair enough. At least he's not a pedophile. Not a pedophile. Well, fucking everyone in Melbourne who's a YouTuber does fucking cocaine. So uh, hey, hey, at, least, at least you're not. Uh, and there are a lot of pedophiles there, too. Well, you, all, you say everyone in Me- government. Pedophiles, well, you know, they are I ha- Australian. <laughs> I have a story about Melbourne, actually. Uh, shoot. Um, when I was a kid, I lived in Guam, and I have some family in Sydney. Uh, so we would go to Australia pretty often when I was a kid. And I remember going to Melbourne. Uh, the plane going to Melbourne was, I like... It was the fartiest plane I think that I've ever been in. A fart plane? I think it's the meat, the fart plane. I think it's the meat what? pies you guys eat or something yeah. like that. Yeah, the here is yeah. pretty shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was the fartiest plane I've ever been in. Yeah, going to That's Melbourne. Awesome. 
Maybe it's because it's such a long, because it's like a 16-hour flight. Not from Guam. Oh, not from or, Guam. I, well, actually, yeah, I wasn't far... flying from Guam. I was flying from Bali. Uh, we'd oh, go from yes. Guam to Bali, Bali yeah. to yeah, that's Melbourne. Not too, that's not too terribly far. I, I will say yeah. Bali is yeah. a hotspot uh, for Albogans in Australia. It's essentially, it's essentially. Uh, um, There's a lot of Australians, and yeah. I, I met a lot of Australians in Bali. It's yeah. weird. Yeah, because it's essentially yeah, it, it's kind of like yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I've seen a lot of, I have a lot of Australian friends, and I've seen like these videos of all those like Australian students to go to Bali for holiday, and they get into a lot of trouble over there. Ooh, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I think a similar situation for our international audience is how. Um, students kids from the uk and ireland will go to spain it's a very similar thing because spain is a lot cheaper than the uk or ireland and it's warmer and stuff so they'll go there for holiday and they'll get fucked up and they'll do things that get them into a lot of trouble um you know generally things that aren't that good (laughs) yeah there was the infamous uh i think there's a youtube called friendly geordie so you did a video on some of the stuff that gets done there uh, there's a thing called barley burn where you do so much drugs that you get onto a scooter and you don't realize your skin's being burnt off. And you, oh. you, you yeah, that's, oh that's called barley burn. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll link a video later on. It's scooters uh, riding scooters yeah. in Indonesia is fucking terrifying. Oh, by the way, it's so terrifying. Is that it's, the ones where they're up yeah. on that mountain and there's just like nothing? There's like no like half a road. Well, it's like I, I've I've ridden them in Bali and I've ridden them in Jakarta, which is the capital, and it's all scary because they don't really have like a lot of road rules there. Oh. No, they don't. Yeah. So Actually, it's just yeah. anything goes, and it's it's terrifying. But people just kind of like know how to maneuver it. It's it's really weird. A- everybody that I've ever known, you know, and I I've known a couple of Indonesian people. We won't we won't go there too hard. But um, you know, they'll Don't have worry, scars. I won't, and, I won't and be like you know who. They'll and ask. they'll have they'll have they'll well it's nobody you know, but you know. But anyway, they'll have scars, and you'll be like, how did you get that scar? And it's always from a motorbike. It's always want to know how I got these scars. The- yeah. Oh, God. I knew you were going to fucking do that. <laughs> See, I knew you were going to do that. Remember the Joker, Jen? <laughs> Everyone pull it makes your, me want to see, and now, and and now I want to lick, lick the sides of my mouth now. Thanks a lot. Oh. My dad that's, that's, was that's, a fiend and a cyclist. <laughs> I know how you got these scars. Honestly, though, I don't have any respect for cyclists and whatever <laughs> happens to them, I got to say, it happens to them. I'm yeah. sorry. You feel like the they're same the biggest way about assholes women, on the you? road. <laughs> about women? Yeah. Look, Jesus Christ. I'll tell you in private. I don't respect them. <laughs> but I, I, but I, I will say, Mr. Kino, I have to, we have to get one question that I, I feel like needs to be said. What is the weirdest film that you have ever seen? Because I know you oh. and I have seen a Does variety. it rhyme with Rallo? Actually, so, no. So, okay. Yeah. So, I don't think Sallow is that weird of a film. Um, what's, I, for, like, what's, what's for the wedding feast, huh? <laughs> I, I would. Yeah, uh, you know what? The weirdest film. That's a really hard question, actually, because there's different kinds of weird. Like, yeah. you can definitely say Sallow is weird, but I yeah. don't actually, like, I, I know a lot of people would think Sallow is weird, but um, I don't. My background is in, like, theology, so I've studied a lot of, like, myth and, like, a ritual and you know that i actually wrote a paper on uh um uh the theology of days confused mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um which it, it goes by the book of how like in sociology how ritual works and um so that's like my whole background so watching sallow it 
it honestly made a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, I never really thought that it was weird. I thought that it all made sense. I thought that it um, was very interesting. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. Now, as far as like weird stuff, which just makes me go like, what the fuck? Um, that's, if, that's tough. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say I have, maybe, I have a few. I have a few. I'm I was going to say trash humpers. Okay. Trash humpers to me stands up like Tr- trash humpers. Trash humpers was weird, but the thing is, I didn't really care for it. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. It's, a, it, it's different kind of forms of weird. Well, that one, that one's more avant-garde, yeah, essentially. Thing, you know, the, I'm thinking uh, the thing Holy about Mountain. trash humpers. You ever catch the Holy, Holy Mountain, Mountain? Is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hodorowski, That's like his thing, right? Yeah. Like he also had El Topo, El Topo Santa yeah. Sangre. Oh man, that's a um, wild El Topo, picture. El Topo is probably my favorite of his. Um, I like Hodorowski. Uh, I, you know, there's a lot of really interesting films that came out of Chile around that time. There's still some interesting films that, that come out of Chile. There was a, there was a movie that never gets talked about now called No, which came out, I want to say about uh, nine, eight, nine years ago. It was shot completely on Betamax and it was oh. about the uh, democratic overthrow of General Pinochet in Chile um, and it stars Gail Garcia Bernal. It was a great film. On um, Betamax. Great. On Betamax. Like, yeah, it was a feature like, film shot on Betamax. It'd be weird if it was shot on VHS tape, but to shoot it on Betamax. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm and they just shot, utterly yeah. just like, like somebody slid a plate of shit under my nose and I just got a big whiff. Like, what? <laughs> well, the reason being is that they wanted to um, mix this sort of archive, because te- it's about a television uh, producer. Oh, so they did so, it intentionally. It wasn't just like, well, this we got Betamax laying around, so we're going to shoot with Betamax. Yeah, no. It was definitely art, artistic intention. It, it's similar to this movie that came out in the 70s. I want to say it was 75, called Overlord, um, which is about the D-Day invasion. And they shot it in black and white in the 70s, but they mixed in um, archival footage of World War II. So it's almost like 50% fiction 50 percent actual like archival footage it was really really cool how that was how that was implemented but as far as like weird movies goes um it's not necessarily like i don't know there's different kinds of weird so trash humpers was i thought was yeah what's what is trash humpers do they are they people that just like i'm picturing a movie about two guys going out they hump trash yeah that's what i'm picturing they just (laughs) go out and like garbage jackers that, that, yeah, so it's by Harmony Corrine, who made um, The Beach Bum, Spring Breakers. Uh, he wrote Kids. He made Gummo. Oh, wow. He um, did Gummo's, The Kids. The yeah. Kids was a wild movie. That's the one all yeah, about. Kids it's all wild. about AIDS yeah. and like, they're, they're like kids. Who, and like the kids are doing drugs and banging one another. And the one finds out he's yeah. got AIDS and he's banging the other chick. Like he banged a lot of chicks. He well, banged yeah. like all the chicks. But he banged, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. he banged the main one there that they were following along for a while. Yeah, uh, Trash Humpers was yeah. filmed on VHS. It was on yeah, Trash tapes. Humpers was filmed on VHS. And it's just like these these two guys, uh, I think it's a man and a woman who are wearing like an old person mask, humping trash. <laughs> wow. Um, I, can't nice. believe, I can't believe that that's and, a real uh, movie that you're describing. Like this, you know. Well, th- it's very like underground yeah, yeah, movie. Yeah, there's, there's so many insane premises for movies. I always talk about John Waters flicks because they're so crazy. Yeah, like the one where the girl, where it's Divine playing a teenage girl who is that runs female away, trouble. Female, female trouble. trouble yep. She runs away from her yeah. own, from her mother, goes to the junkyard where a teenage Divine meets real Divine, who then makes love mm-hmm. to himself, gets himself pregnant, yeah. 
and, and then he decides he's going to lock the girl up in a cage and throws acid in her face. It, it just it's a it's a crazy escalating movie. Uh, I, I think was that the one that ends with her in the electric chair. I let me double um, check. On which that. one? Which one ends Maybe. with Divine in uh, the electric yes, chair? Yes, yes just yes, please yeah. this punch. Like, all right, hell yeah, I'm in the electric chair. Pull the switch. <laughs> just thrilled the yeah, pieces. Yeah, that was like. Uh, actually, well, I, I have a story about John Waters. Oh, um, yeah. Before, but I need to. I, I do need to answer this question, but I'll tell this quick story first. Yeah, I discovered John Waters through Pink Flamingos. Oh, um, yeah. So, Another divine um, classic. Yeah, but how I discovered it was maybe not exactly how you would think I would discovered it. We're so my my family is um I guess pretty well known in my town and every uh New Year's we put on like this big block party and like tons of people from town come out, you know. We kind of have like the biggest New Year's party in town and uh so I was like 15 and one of the guys there was this guy there his name was Pete, I guess just like me. But um, he's from Maryland, and so he's an older guy, like a boomer, and he uh, he was talking to me. He was asking me if I had heard of John Waters. I was like, uh, I mean, 15-year-old me. I was like, no, like, I don't know who that is. Uh, I was very sheltered at that time. And um, he was, he told me he was an extra in that uh, competition scene. Oh, oh no, not the part with the guy with these and, asshole, where he's making his asshole scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. my god jen they have yeah. a scene in this movie he, where this guy they have a competition me. the son of a bitch opens yeah. up his ass spread yeah. eagle like goatsy uh-huh. and makes it sing whoa, 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 whoa. i forget exactly <laughs> what he sings it's been 20 years since i watched that movie but but i'm picturing it whoa, 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 like doing that time stuff. to watch whoa, time whoa, whoa, to rewatch whoa. i i don't think i yeah. need to rewatch and he goes uh, but it's a very funny me, movie he showed me a picture of that and was like this was real son Man, he actually opened up his asshole like that on set. And I was like, what the fuck am I looking at? <laughs> like, why are you telling me this, sir? <laughs> but Some then I watched the movie. I, I watched the movie a few years after that. Uh, maybe when I was like 21 or something. And um, like I rented it from a place in Atlanta called Videodrome because it's actually a little bit difficult to find uh, online. It's difficult to find anywhere. Or it very it was very difficult to that's find back James then. That's the James Woods one, right? No, no, no. So, so there's a place in Atlanta that's a video rental store called Videodrome. Oh, okay. and then there's sister stores in South Pasadena called Videotech. Um, I have been stores. a patron for. Is it still yeah, open? Videotech. I think Videotech <laughs> is still open. They have everything. Let me look it up. It's insane. Like, uh, you go in there and it's just stacks upon stacks of movies. And that's also where you can buy like region, uh, region free Blu-ray players. Um, <laughs> they have, they have like it's still open. Yeah, it's that's it's awesome. honestly the best video rental store I've ever been to. I video love South Pass. That I'm gonna go to it now. I'm gonna go the to video stores still I mean, exist. Have, it's a little far, all, but I can do it. They have all the Theodorus Angelopoulos films, which are essentially orphaned in the United States. The only way to get them is to get the Japanese imports. So they have the Japanese imports DVDs in that store. And it's it's just like it just boggles my mind. It, you know, for a cinephile like me, the first time I walked in there, it was like it, it it's like a kid going into Disney World. You know what I mean? It's just like you just yeah. see everything and you're just like pouring over everything. And you're like, 
this is the best place on on earth, you know. Do you know what? I I will go stop by because around um Halloween time, that's where the actual Michael Myers house is Ooh. the exterior. Yeah, they yeah, filmed it. that's is true. In, yeah, is is in Pasadena. So yeah, I'll have all to of go. Halloween was sh- yeah. I will go and you know run by there. You know when it's when it's time for my spooky time. Yeah, all of Halloween was shot in Pasadena. Um, yeah. they try to make it look like it was in Illinois. I think Illinois or Indiana, so, somewhere in like in the Midwest. Any town and, USA. Uh, Anytown, USA. Exactly. Yeah. But you can see in some shots, you can see the palm trees in some shots. Yeah. Yeah, you and, can. <laughs> yeah. And you also it's can Illinois see... palm trees. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see John Carpenter's Cadillac in the shot in which yeah. um, Lori yeah. is leaving her house. Yes. He had his Cadillac parked right uh, right there wow, in, the, in the driveway. You know, lots of you know lots of. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you know, lots of, I, I made a video. I'm, I made a video on Halloween. That's what I did. You know what? Why haven't I seen that? Because that's that's that is literally that's my shit when it comes to horror. That's my absolute like go to. And you know what? And yeah, I wasn't. I, I didn't hate the Rob Zombie either. A lot of people fucking hated it. I loved it. Yeah, I, I thought it was. Yeah, uh, it was pretty good. I I thought the second one felt more Rob Zombie than the first one. Yeah. Did. Yeah, I didn't, second I didn't one like would go see, that's way what into I Rob liked. Zombie world. That's what I liked about the first one because it didn't have at that time like the Rob Zombie. It didn't have like the House of a Thousand Corpses feel to it because he switches it up on you like, yeah. every single time he makes a movie. And I will say his last movie was a flaming piece of shit. Oh, Three from Hell. Yeah, uh, I didn't like it either. No, no, no. Three, Three from Hell wasn't the last one. Oh. He made another one and it was kind of low budget. It, it, 31? Yeah. It I, was it called Let 30? It was about it. the well, bitch and the witch. She was a his wife and she was a she was she worked at a radio oh, station. Oh, that's the Lord to Salem. That's been like I could didn't not care for that even, one, huh? I didn't even make it through that one. Three from Hell was just boring because, you know It should have um, had Sid Cap- Haig. It should have had Captain Well, Spaulding. he died. He died. Right. He literally right. died. The pro- and you they can't should've... have you right. You can't have Captain Spaulding. You can't have those characters. You can't have Otis, you can't have Baby, and not have Captain Spaulding. Yeah. So they brought in this guy. Here's your brother we've never told you about for two movies, and here's here to rescue you. And it's like... Yeah. And he, he just he felt like me. a jabroni version of uh, the other Firefly guy. Like, he just yeah. felt like like it's, just him. It didn't but do it for me. He, he should have painted his face up like yeah. a clown or done something. Like, they should have done something. Yeah. should have well, gave him a gimmick other than just being a killer. Okay. It just, it, it I will say this, though. I will say this though, David Gordon Green's Halloween I thought was pretty good. You know what? Um, yes, yeah. I yeah. I will agree. I agree. I agree yeah. with that. And I am I will probably see Halloween Kills in theaters. Um, mm-hmm. Same. I, ah, I, the theater. The, the 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 thing is, I still see. I, I I try to see all the new movies in the cinema. Um, just because you know, I I, I want to keep cinemas alive. And yeah. it is a better experience. Um, it, the big thing about the cinema for me is that I don't have the distractions of home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You it's know, sanctuary. like my phone's. But you do yeah, get it, the it distraction. You get the distraction of the theater, which is a guy like me. Whenever there's like a lull in the movie, you get to, to have me yell out, bitch, he's got a knife. Don't go in See, there. Don't open he that door. Kill you. 
I okay. I, I am the guy in the theater that will say, "Shut the fuck up." To I, the, I was gonna say, <laughs> like, me too. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like making any noise. Put away your fucking phone. I don't want to yeah. see. I don't want to see the light from your phone because I like to sit at the top in the back so I can see everything. I could literally see the whole screen. Like, I don't have to I look around. See, I and I don't want to see your fucking phone out. Put it away. Completely great. So 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 here's my theater strategy. Right. I've obviously been to the cinema. Yeah, what are you? Maybe a million, What's maybe a million times. I have a strat. Uh-huh. I have a strat. So I sit about midway up um, because okay. at midway up, it's I can see the whole screen and in, in my field of view. You know, I it, it, when you're like close to it, it's almost like you have to do a pan and scan with your eyes. I'm not a fan of that. I wasn't a fan of it with VHS. I'm not about to do that in the theater. There's a part um, of me that loves so- the sitting like dead center. <laughs> Front row, looking up oh, at this gigantic no, monster. I can't screen. have you. I just, I can't. Do I can't that. I'm too paranoid. I don't like people behind me, so that's why I have to send them back. So, we did that when I was so a kid anyways, when we watched Jurassic sit, Park. Oh, it was so fucking good. Jen. I sit like an eight. You don't understand. I sit middle. That range. Okay, I sit middle way up, no. and I sit on the edge. Why do I sit on the edge? Because my bladder is not very big. Ah, <laughs> yes. There we go. Okay, there you and, go. I have to go pee probably like twice in every film. So I don't want to like disturb other people. You know, I just like to sort of, I just like to sort of get out, come back in and like not have to like walk over people. So I always sit on the aisle. Movies should go back to having intermissions. Like the intermission was such a great idea. Let everybody get up, stretch, go piss. You could buy more stuff if you wanted to. Well, I, I think yeah. I, the, I think the best one time you know, I will say, so I will, I will jump on this again. one because I, I love this topic. There's a massive difference between Australian theaters and American theaters, and I think Kino may know this as well. In Australian oh, really? theaters, we don't say a fucking word. We go in there at the end, maybe clap when the credits come up. That's it. It is dead silence. Wait, most oh, you guys clap? That's you so guys cute. clap at a movie? Wait, we clap in Florida. Who are you yeah. clapping? We clap for? in Florida. Oh, we don't clap in California. We're out, dude. <laughs> it's it's like, like we like, watch usually it. happens when it's like we something out. very like okay. a, a big crowd of people. Like so I'll say this, right? You know, because I so obviously at a live um, theater, sure, to- but at the movies. At the movies, yeah, you clap, dude. Sometimes you clap. You don't clap if it's been out for a while, but yeah, maybe absolutely. like, like you know, but maybe night. if it's like opening night or something people, like okay, that. Okay, people were like for new Star Wars, like people yeah, went ape shit and were clapping. Yeah, yeah. I mean, normally if you, if you like not. it, you clap, if right? A, if it's a regular movie, people usually don't. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, no, like it's not an everyday thing. It happens on like if it's the premiere of the movie or something absolutely. like that. You also have clapping at like I, I've been to a lot of film festivals. Of course, you clap at film festivals because well, somebody who worked on the uh, on the Is film might have not, worked yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, but what I will say is this: I I suspect that you know uh, you guys probably know that I lived in Ireland for years, and I went oh, to you college lived in at Ireland, Trinity huh? College. Well, well, well. I lived in Ireland. Did you ever catch your leprechaun? Give his gold. So well, well, we got a bit of a keynote here. <laughs> so oh, so Lord. I went to Trinity College Dublin, right? Oh, I was and in Dublin. I was in I was in Dublin and uh I actually after a Or as we years, like to I, call it, I shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> after after a couple of years I actually picked up a very very slight Irish accent, but upon coming back to the US, I squashed it out immediately. <laughs> I was like cuz everyone was like, "Wow, you have like this weird accent." And I'm like, don't say that to me. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get the most American accent I'm going to work on. <laughs> but um, 
uh, I lived next to the Irish Film Institute, literally just like right across uh, the alleyway was the Irish Film Institute, a, a 20 second walk. And I lived next to Cineworld. Um, and I had this pass uh, to, to go see like as many movies as I wanted to. It was like a proto movie pass sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I saw like every new movie. Um, and my roommate worked at the Cineworld. So I got like all their like merch and everything. I think I still have my Jackass Presents Bad Grandpa t-shirt. Which oh, wow. I will say is a funny movie. Uh, I will defend that movie. And <laughs> like, it's not bad. Like it's not bad. It's a funny, like, it's a funny uh, movie. It's, yeah. I like when the grandpa it's a funny would get movie. hurt. That was funny. <laughs> no, I liked it Man when the kid down, is like, go going like, you want to be my new dad? And I love the strip club scene. Um, is that the one? That was, that's the one where they he says that his wife has died and they go and get a guy to help him bury the wife. And like they hold yeah. hands with him yeah. and say, you know, dear Lord, thank you for having these guys help us with what was surely a crime in some states. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, that's funny yeah. shit. And you know who played the, you know who played the wife? Uh, wasn't mm-hmm. that uh, the big movie director? Um, oh yeah, God, it was Spike, the big movie uh, director, Spike Jones. Spike Jones, yeah. I can't think of his name. Yeah. yeah. Directed her being John Malkovich adaptation. Yeah. Do you know uh, how lot... he started? He started by... Um... With the Beastie Boys. Yeah, and, yeah he um... directed music videos, a lot of music videos, and they were good yeah. and they were funny. Did he do it? Yeah, he made a lot of... Mu- the 90s, he made like some of the most iconic music videos of the 90s. And... Remember music um, and he videos? still made music videos after after his yeah. feature film career like, took were off. Cool. Now they're just like you know, it's just poor girls whore rapping and ass shaking. Yeah, I don't think I've Wait, watched I still a music video in a long. I still time. haven't answered like some of the most basic questions. One of the first right, questions. What's this okay, yeah. What's so, the weirdest movie okay. you've ever seen? Like what's like the answer, weirdest? But I need I need to I need to tell the story before that. No way. So okay. so anyways, so in Ireland, I. You know, the audiences were very much like how Tom described Australian audiences, which makes sense. You know, I would say that like Ireland and the UK are probably closer in culture to Australia than like America is. I don't know. Australia is some weird like mix of like American and and British culture, but whatever. Full Americanization. And um, yeah. And uh, but there was one time where I was at Cineworld and I was watching Lone Survivor, the Peter Berg movie that stars Mark Mark Wahlberg. It's a pretty good movie. I got to say, like, um pretty good action flick and there was a scene at the end where the drones were coming in and you know shooting the terrace and there is this little irish guy a manlet you might say <laughs> um sitting right behind me going like oh yeah kill those fuckers you know and he starts right, screaming right. in the theater <laughs> wacky oh, with your shillelagh boy amazing oh, he's getting into like, shenanigans <laughs> i was like what the hell is going on and he goes and then afterwards, he goes, you're American. You should have loved this movie. <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> I tell you but he was just screaming. He was really into it. And that was the only time in Ireland. It just like totally took me by surprise because I'm like, most of the Irish people are very quiet, very sort of considerate, you know, and they don't say anything. But this one guy just got really into that movie. But the but the weirdest movie I've seen, maybe Pink Flamingos is on the list. I think it's too funny for me to consider it like super weird because a lot of it's for comedic purposes, yeah. you know, and then mm-hmm. that, like when something is comedy, you're sort of just like, oh, OK, it can get away with being really weird. Right. Like Kung Pao Enter the Fist is super strange, but it's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
the woman with one boob. Um, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> I love I love how they would just have the craziest, weirdest voices where it, like he goes through and goes, I'll have a pound of nuts. Wow, that's a lot of nuts. You want weird stuff with like that? that. You yeah. He stuff like that. With nuts. Yeah. Dude, it's I have that entire movie memorized. Um, you know, they for... call me Betty. But isn't Betty a, a woman's name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a very funny movie. It's hilarious, and it's super weird. They it's keep super talking. out I, there. I, I heard they were going to do another one where he was going to take do the same gimmick, where he took horror flicks or, or something like that, like these old kung fu horror flicks, and then put those together. Like he was going to do one with the uh, the hopping vampire things. Oh, you, know, uh, you guys know what I'm yeah, talking about. Those hopping, like, that, that would be funny. Chinese but you zombie know the vampires. Whatever, whatever okay, you guys. call those. Here's, here's a little movie, little kino trivia for you. So the guy, Steve Odenkirk, don't look this up. If you look this up, you're a pussy. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm not. The guy, Steve Odenkirk, the maid and starting Kung Pao, was the creator of what creator, producer, whatever you want to say, of what very popular television show? Oh, shit. Uh, it was a huh? Development? No. No, that was... um. Uh... I can't say Mr. Show because Mr. Show stars Steve Odenkirk. Yeah, no, 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 it wasn't Mr. Odenkirk. Show. It was... um. Jimmy Neutron, boy genius. Oh my god! What? <laughs> Are you yeah. kidding me? Now you can no. look it up. You can look it up. Look it Shut up. Steve Odenkirk. Fact check him, Jen. Are you serious of... right now? I'm oh serious. My god. Yeah. Look it up. Look it up. Yeah, it's there. Okay, what are you gonna say about Arrested? Because that's my jam right there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, about Arrested Development. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So about yeah. Arrested Development. Um, I was working on Office Christmas Party when. Uh, Civil uh, Captain America: Civil War came out, and everyone was talking about how, because the Russo brothers, you know, directed Captain America: Civil War, and they also, you know, were creative team or whatever behind uh, Rest Development. Yeah, they and were on Community that, like, and a lot of shows like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, but in Rest Development, you know, they have the uh, the stair chick, like this. Oh yeah, the, the, uh, the stairs, the 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 airport the stairs, stair yeah. car yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So they had it in the um so it was, it was a big the talk. Only of, thing that the Bluths owned outright that they could Yeah. Do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in Ameri- Captain America Civil War during the airport scene, there's the uh Bluth stair car, I guess. Shut up. I would I would have screamed. <gasps> and so a yeah, lot of he would have been like all those around. soy jack guys that, when they saw Spider Man yeah. in front of the, the American but, flag. But this is but this is the funniest part, right? So everyone was just like totally freaking out about this at that time. Right. And one of the grips went up to Jason Bateman on the set and showed him that. It was like, oh, did you see this? Like, there's this the stair car in there. And Jason Bateman's like, yeah, I guess it makes sense. And just walked away. Like, fucking reaction. Like, yeah. what, is, what did he want from him? Did he, did he expect Jason Bateman? Like, oh my God, they gave me a shout out in the Marvel movie. This is amazing. <laughs> This is, you know, yeah. I was in Teen Wolf Part 2, but this, this is the thing that's going to, I don't know what voice that is for him. It's not, it's not Jason yeah, it's Bateman. Not, it's not Jason Bateman at all. But, uh, no, but it was just hilarious. the idea of I, being uh, uh, that excited. <laughs> I'm just thrilled to pieces about this. I, I I'm a Spider-Man movie. That's funny because it's like, what did you expect? Did you expect yeah. him to like freak the fuck out? I mean, yeah, I, I think he's famous since he was what, like twelve. <laughs> he's, 
Yeah. What was that? Yeah. You know what? Speaking yeah. speaking of Arrested Development, I'm really glad that they actually killed the franchise. Kind of, sort of wrap things up before Jessica Walter passed because she just yeah. recently passed not too long ago. And she, yeah. for me, she was the show. I mean, oh, her absolutely. character she, was the she's show. Hall, but she's Hall of Family. Because they actually talked about doing, they wanted to do movies. Oh, really? They wanted to do more oh, movies no. for Arrested Development. And because they dragged for so long, for so many years, they just sat on their ass to do something and they never did I, it. I think it's, I think it's more than like just I think they, like, Same thing they like that Rob Zombie up. movie, man. It, they should have got it out when Captain Spaulding could have been in it. Right, and it could have been better. I just honestly, no, for like from Three from Hell, I just thought that the storyline was a little like, okay, we already did that yeah. in Devil's Rejects. We already re did that in Devil's Rejects. Why do we need to do that again? They do this a lot with sequels. Like you look at The Hangover Part 2, it's like we already we were already hung over. Like, what are you guys doing? You were already <laughs> yeah. like the Ghostbusters, same thing. It's like, oh, you hung guys over -er. You guys were the Ghostbusters. Like the now you're busting two. ghosts again. What the fuck? Like, come on. Yeah, the Hangover like, they spent, Part Two was just thirty the minutes in Ghostbusters Two, farting around. Like, I don't know if we're gonna be the Ghostbusters again. It's like you sons of bitches. You should have started. Should have started us <laughs> no, right back with I, it as Ghostbusters. I think the problem was is like you you had you had House of a Thousand Corpses, which had. More like supernatural monsters, like that fly guy who like jumps down with the fucking axe is like literally one of the scariest things I've ever seen. Like just the way that that whole scene is shot, you know, when she sees Dr. Satan Dr. and then that Satan? fly guy who that guy was fucking scary. And just the way the feel and the tone of that whole that whole movie. Stalking and then they go guy. and then they go to um devil's rejects which is they're they're on the lamb you know it's like they're on the run from the law so it's come something totally different which by the way i will say devil's rejects has one of the best openers when spaulding it, it it shows him fucking that girl this really really hot girl he's in bed with her he's banging her <laughs> and and then he wakes up and yeah. it's just like some fat ogre piece of shit like, ogre. he's in an ogre so funny it's Welcome. just like and just his reaction he's like move over woman i mean and i love it but then you had three from hell which just to me didn't like they tried to make you really i think he was going for they wanted you to really empathize with baby I think in and a lot of scenes they were trying they which was absolutely impossible to do and I just you know they're great characters but they wanted to kind of make it and I hate to say it and I don't want to say the cliche like family thing you know it's <laughs> like, about that's family they tried Look, to make it it's about family because like Otis and Baby are really close and you know they wanted to humanize psycho yeah. killers, and you can't humanize those characters so you I, just can't do it I'll give you so my yeah. it. It was so just it, it, to put yeah, it into I want to get us back terms. on track. I want to get us back on track. All right, fine. We'll talk. Let me do one story and then we'll get to Kino's one because we'll ramp it up. <laughs> yeah, I, Kino, I, I, what's the weirdest movie you ever saw? Charles, Charles, let me have this one. God damn it. <laughs> so I know the weirdest Easter egg in Marvel history. Um, So we have a Spider Man Homecoming that was directed by. Uh, let me go find the information. Uh, I, if you guys know the YouTube channel Waverly Films, um, no, Waverly Films. I don't watch YouTube. No, yeah, it's a it's a small What's platform. What's YouTube? Um, yeah. So I think it's John. You know, Watts I watch Nickelodeon cartoons on there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so John Watts was a part <laughs> of Waverly Films, yeah. and so if you're watching, I know John Watts. Absolutely. Yeah, he he's a fantastic director. Uh, clown. I, I absolutely recommend Clown for people who love horror. Uh, but in Spider-Man yeah. Homecoming, there is a cut where 
uh, Spider-Man is watching YouTube and you'll see a screenshot I I'll post in the video. On the top of the screen is Alan Tutorials. Alan Tutorials video, which is uh, by we uh, Wham City Comedy about a, it's essentially an ARG story about how YouTube is destroying people. So it, it, it literally relates to a micro story inside Spider-Man. It's this infinitesimally small one. And it, and it blows my mind that John Watts, he, he, he was an OG YouTuber, goes to make big films, but mm -hmm. still sh shouts out to the small creators because uh, yeah. Waverly Films did uh, un uninterrupted footage of a bear, um, a whole bunch of the small horror film, uh, not horror films, but we cult stuff on YouTube. And, and I, I do appreciate that because I, I know this is the only time I get to talk about it because Kino and I love films. So it's that is the perfect thing. It's like, I love it when YouTubers make big films and still talk back to the uh to the small people but kino mr kino mr kino yeah. what is the weirdest film so so, so weirdest movies i've seen yeah i you, you know, see the you one know, with this, that this, rubber uh, tire that kills people rubber rubber yeah i actually so so funny story about me watching rubber i watched rubber drunk in a bar in berlin <laughs> um <Nice>. so, so <laughs> what country so where, where was that one made for it was that french uh, I think it was European of some sort. Yeah, but I, I'm not felt quite sure. European. I don't know if it was. Like, I didn't know if so, it was French or like Belgium. Yeah. What's the difference? So, so, so I have a few, I have a few on my list. Um, one movie French. that I was actually just uh, so I was just texting um Wendigoon about to try to come on the Kino cast to talk about was uh a movie called Shamanka. Um, Shamanka. Yeah. S Z A M. A N K A. It's by Andre Zulovsky, who made Possession. Um, you know, which okay. is a very famous movie. And so Shamanka is with uh, one of my favorite Polish uh, actors, uh, uh, Boguslav Linda. And it, yeah, I mean, I'm very into like Polish cinema. Um, <laughs> and uh, Boguslav Linda, for anyone who's really into kino, he was in uh, Kuchov Kieslowski's film Blind Chance. He was also in the Decalogue. And uh, so Shamanka is about this scientist researcher that brings back this uh, woman shaman from like uh, Neanderthal times. Right. And she basically like all she does is she eats, sleeps and fucks and she acts in the weirdest fucking way. And basically she's bringing on the apocalypse by fucking the scientist. And she... <laughs> <laughs> she brings on a nuclear apocalypse by basically having sex and just constantly eating. And oh, her, the, oh, the body movements of her, the body yeah, movements had, that she I has is just like insane. Gang. It's just, it, it's a movie that like, I can never like, uh, forget. I rented that from Videotech. Um, <laughs> so, wow. Wow. There's yeah. so, so many weird, crazy movies out there. Yeah. Another one is Holy Motors by uh, Leos Carax. Oh, Holy Motors, yeah. And Leos Carax is coming out with a movie on Amazon Prime next week. I don't know when this podcast is going out, so maybe it's already out, called Annette. And his new movie, Annette, stars Adam Driver. And in it, I'm excited to see it. I don't know if I'm going to particularly like it or not. I, I really liked Holy Motors. Uh, but um, in Annette, all of what I know about it right now is that it's a musical uh with the Sparks brothers and Adam Driver sings a song while performing Cunnilingus. 
Oh my god. So. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. And as, it, as I said, I, I could honestly include like any John Waters movie Absolutely. in yeah. this list. Like, maniacs, but that almost seems female trouble. That almost seems too easy. Um, you know, I, I want to kind of go a little bit more in depth, like out there. As far as like Pasolini, because Pasolini made some, Pasolini made some weird movies. Everyone knows Salo or 120 Days of Sodom. Ooh, oh, I got but one. I think his, but I think his most Tetsuo is great. Yeah. But I think, oh, I think the Pasolini's Man. most, like, Tetsuo yeah, Tetsuo the, the Iron, Iron Man. Man. The first cyberpunk yeah. film. But yes, go, Kenner, continue. But I, but I think that, uh, I think that Pasolini's most, like, inaccessible film is a film called Tiarema. Um, and it starts at uh, that British actor who's in The Hit. I, I forget what his name is, but he has a very sort of distinct look to him. He was in a lot of films. Um, but Tiarema. Uh, uh, Tim and No, 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 not, not Tim Roth. Okay. The other John guy. Hurt? No, 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 not John Hurt. Ter- the guy that they're trying to kill. Oh, Terrence Stamp. Terrence Stamp. Terrence Stamp. Terrence Stamp. Yeah. So Terrence Stamp. Uh, so basically, what Tiarema is is there's this Italian family, bourgeois family. Now, what you have to know about Pasolini is that he was a he was a commie, but I think that if he like existed in the modern day, he would either be considered right wing or a dirtbag leftist. I'm not really sure, like <laughs> what uh, he was very much. <laughs> <laughs> he was very much against like globalism and the sort of like uh, fascism of like what he saw as like uh, post capitalism and stuff like that, which I definitely agree with. Um, and uh, he, and so Tiarema is about this is like a mythical story. It's this sort of like uh, it just operates at so many other levels and just, you know, normal movie making. I, I think it's a 10 out of 10 film. Um but uh, Terrence Stamp is this sort of mythical being that comes into this family's life, this Italian family's life. And it is implied. It's a very sort of PG movie, but it's implied that he sleeps with every member member of the family. Ooh. So the father, the, <laughs> the father, the mother, the daughter and the son. But it's not like it's a very sort of metaphorical movie. It doesn't like show Dr. them Frank having sex Carter that way. Yeah, it, it's it doesn't like show Hound's them having tooth. It, it doesn't really show them having sex or anything like that. It's just sort of it's almost like he's merging with their bodies in a, in a in a sense. You know, he's just sort of like mythical spiritual being that is not of this earth. Like a Vulcan mind house. meld, but but sexual. I always thought the Vulcan mind meld was so sexual. Like you're merging well, minds with somebody, like my mind and your mind, and the, and the way that the way that Leonard Nimoy plays it. Way he looks in somebody's eyes as he does it every single time. He was a mind fucker. Yeah. But anyways, anyways, so what happens is the first half of it is about how he's with this family and how he's affecting them. It's affecting them on this like very deep level, right? And then he leaves. So the second half is how this family just like crumbles apart in the absence of him. It's a very spiritual movie. It's um, I think it's just honestly, I I love the film to death. Um I think it's amazing. I, I think it's just as good as Sallow. Uh, it's definitely like, I would say that it's easier in the sense that it's not as graphic as Sallow. Like, I think that the only sort of sexual thing that's in this movie is like two seconds of boobs, and that's about it. Um, two you know, seconds so of boobs. You know, so, that just made the uh, movie, a, th- that two seconds made the movie that That'd be a good better. title. Two <laughs> seconds of boobs. Three <laughs> yeah. seconds of mods, two but seconds the, of boobs. Yeah, and... um. You know, but it's a very kind of inaccessible film as far as like 
understanding <laughs> it. And it's a very, like, I theoretical just want to ask movies, his everything is metaphorical. Boobs? <laughs> no, they were real. I gotta show your boobs. Yeah. I'll <laughs> well, take look, two seconds this of boobs. Is, this one is what I didn't like about... <laughs> this is what I didn't like about the Suicide Squad. They had the balls to put like one second of boobs in there, and I was like, "Why couldn't you put more?" Like, you, yeah, you have one. Is the new chick- Suicide Squad actually good? I watched about thirty I minutes. Of I haven't, it. I haven't, I haven't had time to I thought watch it, was it yet. I'm in I fucking lockdown. I can't see it. I was planning to see it on fucking Monday, but it's locked down in Melbourne. <laughs> Do they not have uh, HBO? Oh God, no, like, HBO no, Max. HBO Go, HBO Max. They've changed the name of this bullshit ten times. No, it's always HBO, been HBO Max. I think I so. Funny it. story. We one it. time, Jen. One time, Jen heard me uh, pissing on a Discord VC. Oh because no! Discord decided- yes, it was so loud. You could keep because it in because it Discord so decided to fuck with loud. me. Discord loud. No, you didn't have your background noise. Like you need to like have you need. There's background noise reduction. So no, that no, if no. you're pissing like frying pan status, nobody can hear it. <laughs> no, no. What I did is I muted myself on Discord, and then while I started to pee, I saw that Discord unmuted me. I think that somebody on the other end. Like, you know, they were listening in. They were like, oh, this would be really funny if we just have Kino, like, unmuted right now. <laughs> nobody, if you mute yourself, nobody can unmute you. People can only mute you no. and unmute you if they no, mute I muted you my, on a server. I muted myself and I no, was unmuted. You did, you did that on purpose I muted because you myself. wanted, you are a masochist <laughs> and you wanted, you wanted people to hear you piss. Don't I'm not a masochist. I'm a sadist. It's There's a two different things. Well, I, can I, you're both. I will, <laughs> actually, I would argue that you're both. Yeah, I will say, can I interject? Why? I, because I, to, I like sallow? <laughs> Absolutely, the seller, yes. the seller thing. Yes. I, I, I need to hear. Okay, I need to hear so about the about, Van Herzog yeah. trip. The Van Herzog trip. I need to hear about that. So tell me about the Van Herzog trip. Yeah. Okay, okay. So the Van Herzog thing. So um, a couple of years ago, I took a class, a documentary filmmaking class, actually that Herzog put on in L.A. So I went that. I went there. I met Vern Herzog. Um, talked to him for a good bit. Very nice guy. Um, he's been one of my like biggest heroes as far as like filmmaking goes. Uh, about this Werner Herzog trip, I'm still sort of, maybe by the time this podcast comes out, I'll be more, like, assured about it, mm-hmm. but, um... So it's yeah, the Rogue Film School, correct? Yeah, yeah uh, it's not the Rogue Film School, it's, like, the second thing, so it's okay. called, like, uh, uh, it's called Film Accelerator, and it was actually started by, um, an Iranian director named, It was started by an Iranian director named, uh, Abbas Kiristami. Um, for anyone who is into is a huge cinephile, you'll know, you'll know who Kiarostami is. He made like Taste of Cherry, 10, 24 Frames. He made the Coker trilogy, like Where's the Friend's House and stuff like that. He, was, he made a lot of great films. He passed away a few years ago. But um, Abbas Kiarostami, um started this and Werner Herzog uh, was brought on. And before the pandemic started, I was actually supposed to go down to Colombia. So it's going to be in the Amazon rainforest. And then the pandemic hit and it got canceled. So now they're reviving it. um, And it's going to be in the Canary Islands this time uh, off the coast of Spain. And but I'm still I'm I'm still unsure about it. If I'm going to be honest, I'm still unsure about it on the GoFundMe and everything. I haven't linked my bank account. I haven't done any of that so that none of the money actually transfers to me, Um, you know, in case uh, because I'm I have my ear to the ground. Um, I'm just sort of seeing how things play out with the lockdowns. No worries. Because there's been a lot of talk. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about lockdowns and everything like that. And uh, Europe is a lot more lockdown heavy than, say, Florida. 
Um, <laughs> and but international travel may become very difficult um, in the next coming months. And they want me to pay everything off by the end of August. And I'm like, hmm, I don't know, because it's at the end of October. It's at the same time as VidCon. Yeah. And uh, so I'm just I'm just going to like wait it out for like two weeks before really committing to it. I love Werner Herzog and I, you know, they reached out to me about um, about, you know, this whole thing because I had been like selected for their Columbia Amazon rainforest thing. Right. I was supposed to do that. And they reached out to me, you know, for this new sort of revival of it. And I would love to learn more from Herzog, considering he's been just like. It, when I like talk about like my heroes, right? Like my personal filmmaking heroes, Verzog is like number one. Um, and uh, I, I I also think that Verz, uh Herzog is like the uh, first you know YouTuber because he's well Orson Welles I would argue is the first YouTuber, but Herzog sort of popularized a lot of the uh, what would become YouTube documentaries. Um, you know because what I love about Orson Welles? Orson Welles did commercials. Orson Welles no, was Orson. a commercial some bitch. I loved it. The ones where he's no, going but, off about the wine, Charles, the outtakes of Charles, that are so yeah, good. No, no, the wine is great. But here's the thing about Orson Welles, right? He made like commentary style videos back in the 70s. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. And where he would just be sitting at his desk. Well, it was like shot like a YouTube video talking about like the things on his movies or talking about the film industry and stuff like that. He has plenty of like little films, like 20 minute films or whatever. Versus him sitting at his desk, it was it's almost like watching it's almost the same as like watching a YouTube video. But Herzog started that whole documentary genre that was very narration heavy. It's like this one independent guy is just going to get like a little bit of money and then make this documentary or is using like uh, archival footage and just narrating over it. Very which personality is like, based. Yeah. Like you watch yeah, that which grizzly, is, like the grizzly movie, the grizzly, the grizzly movie yeah. without him, without his narration or the scene of him listening to the tape and like being upset and like making those faces like that's uh, like when I think of the yeah. Grizzly movie, I think more of Werner than I do of the Grizzly guy. You know, that well, we yeah, got to do something about these bears like these bears are just nobody thinking about the bears. <laughs> Timothy Treadwell was such a spurg. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't say he was a spurg. He was definitely an interesting what character. What would you say he is? Yeah. He like the. It, Werner Herzog, I think, did a great job on Grizzly Man he uh, because him. he didn't romanticize. Yeah, he didn't romanticize Timothy Treadwell at all. Oh, absolutely, yeah, he yeah. showed him for who he was, and he showed his his best moments and his worst moments. And you don't come away from the film uh, with this idea of him as some sort of mythical character, but with him as like this very flawed yeah. human who made some grave mistakes, and. That was what I think yeah. is, you know, what makes Grizzly Man so good. And possibly save a lot of um, people who are attempting, and, thinking maybe to do it. And then Vernon is like, yeah, don't do this. Yeah, we know how this ends. And it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, like his interviews with the other people, that the other people in Alaska are like, yeah, you got to keep a distance from the bears. But one of my favorite parts of Grizzly Man, he just said, he was like, and then Timothy Treadwell, he saw something in the bears. But all I see is a half bored wanting for food <laughs> like yeah. it's like yeah that's all i see too um <laughs> and uh no but herzog was has been like just a major hero of mine um i remember watching fitzcarraldo when i was getting into cinema i was watching yeah. fitzcarraldo and aguirre 
And I actually, I'm of the mind that uh, his Nosferatu the Vampire is mm, better yeah. than the Max Shrek Nosferatu. I think that Klaus yeah. Kinski is better than Max Shrek, if I'm going to be That's honest. That's a pretty good vampire movie. But hopefully you'll find uh, your uh, opera house in the, the mountains across the world. Hopefully you get to train with him very soon. Yeah, Ho- hopefully that can happen. But, you know, I'm just with this whole COVID thing, everything has been so... Uh, um, Everything is so up in the air and you don't know what's going to happen. And I'm a little bit uncomfortable with paying $6,000 by the end of August for something that's going to happen. That may not. Right. Totally. Yeah, exactly. So because I checked the site, there's no refunds at all. Like that's, that's a bit, that's a bit worrying. Well, well, there are some refunds, but it's, I don't know. Like there are some refunds, but the, the other thing is too, is they're like, Oh, if you end up getting COVID, you like you just can't come. And my other thing too is I work in a clinic, yeah, um, where we have COVID patients all the time. And what if like I get exposed to it and I, I and I get it, and then I'm there, and then if it's like a few days beforehand, I won't be able to get refunded. And you you know what I mean? And yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's there's just a lot of stuff going on, like. I'm sort of of the mind that maybe it's not a great idea right now just because of the situation the world is in. Um, International travel is just a... You gotta shoot your shot. You gotta take the chances. All right? This is opportunity knocking. It's Werner Herzog. Understandable. Understandable, Charles. But, you know, jumping into situations without regard can end up bad situations like trying to get a uh, opera house up the mountain. when there's a... Yeah. Yeah. Something like (laughs) that. It's... You know, it's well, a little bit other, more scary to do it. And in the that other case. thing, too, is that, like, I know that the people I'm going to be with are going to be people who haven't made a movie. I mean, but I, I made a movie. Made a well, movie. I was going to yeah. say, yeah. I was the next thing I wanted to talk to you about is your Kino movie. has officially made one more movie than me. <laughs> the, waste, the Wasted Hours. Yeah, Where wasted can we Hours. Fu- Where, tell us tell about, us about my good friend. So, uh, yeah, so I'm actually coming out with a video. Um, it'll be out by the time this podcast comes out. So maybe oh, yeah. people people listening to this would have already seen it. But I'm making a video about how I made it, and then I'm going to do a live stream um, to go more in depth on things. But yeah, so the movie Wasted Hours uh, was inspired by, um, well, you know, the story and, every, and the characters and everything were inspired by people that I know. But I was inspired to make it because I was working at Troublemaker Studios in Austin. I was working under uh, Robert Rodriguez. And, um, you know, and he sort of inspired me to just kind of go out on my own and make my own feature film for almost no money um, because, you know, he was doing he was talking about how he made El Mariachi for seven thousand dollars. Although that is kind of a lie. If you know anything about El Mariachi, you know that it was probably close to three hundred thousand dollars. It was the budget mm. um, because what happened is that he shot it for seven thousand right in this like small Mexican town. Um, but the entire audio track had to be made in post-production. It got bought by like a small studio distributor of some sort. And they basically just ADR the entire film because his audio for his movie sucked ass. (laughs) Um, He didn't have like a boom mic or anything. He just had his little, like the same camera that I have, the Arri SR2. um, And uh, he would shoot the scene and then he had like a little dictaphone, you know? (laughs) <laughs> and you just go around to the actors and say, say the line like how you thought you said it in the scene. A dictaphone. Just, oh, God. It sounds like dick. 
Sam's like, your microphone, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, imagine a movie with Charles Kahn's microphone. <laughs> but, like, also just, like, not, like, synced up to the lips or anything like that. So when the studio bought it, I, I could be wrong on the exact amount, but I, I remember hearing it was something like $200,000, $250,000 just put into just sort of making the entire audio track of the film, in which case it was made sort of like an old, like, Italian movie, right? Because yeah. they would... Oh, where they shoot everything and they have to go back and redub yeah, it. Yeah, a classic shell film. Yeah, they... Like those uh, spaghetti yeah, yeah. westerns. Yeah, exactly. Every Italian movie, in fact, from, for, you know, until, like, the modern era yeah, was, like those was Bob, shot like that. Yeah, like those Bavia movies, you know, the ones that It's crazy yeah, horror yeah, yeah. movies. So, no, but it wasn't just the horror movies. It was literally every Italian movie. Every Italian um, motion picture. Yeah. Uh, up until like the 80s or 90s was was made like that. So, I mean, it was maybe made in that same sort of vein. But um, no, but at any rate, right, uh, working for him sort of inspired me to to go out and on my own. I was working for him in 2017 and it was in the summer of 2018 that I shot my movie. I took out some some bank loans <laughs> because I was very smart and um, <laughs> and I made my movie and uh, it was three weeks of shooting. And I wanted to, like, for one, I'm a film purist. Um, I don't ever want to shoot a feature film on digital. I'm okay with doing, like, YouTube stuff or doing, like, short-form content digitally. But I am a film purist. I uh, um, I love shooting on film. And 16 millimeter is what I shot my movie on, or Super 16, uh, which is a little bit different than 16 millimeter uh, for people who don't know anything about the difference between Super 16 and 16. Yeah. Uh, it's the same film stock that you use, except on Super 16, uh, the the part of the film that's on the side that uh, had been used for like the audio track is now captured um, on camera. So back in the day, Super 16 was a little bit more expensive because to edit it and to um, yeah to edit it, you had to blow it up to 35 oh. in order to be able to attach the audio track to it. But with digital technology and everything like that, you just scan it in 4K and then, you know, the audio tracks attached digitally. It's, you know what I mean? So it's, it's a lot easier. Absolutely. Um, it's a lot. Yeah. So it's a lot cheaper now. And the shooting on Super 16 was uh, it would have cost us about the same as shooting on like a cinema camera like the Arri Alexa. But 16 millimeter just gives you this feeling that you can't get with a digital camera. And uh, so we shot yeah. that. You know, we shot it over three weeks and uh, it was sort of a trial by fire. Um, I'm surprised I didn't have a complete meltdown. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I'm going to no, be honest. No, no epic director meltdowns from 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 Kino. I OK, so <laughs> I was pretty much like I had some people helping me. I, I had a very small crew. Um, Mm -hmm. but I was the leader. I was the sort of one man band, so to speak, producer, writer, director, everything like that. I had a little bit of an, of a meltdown on the first day. It was a very difficult day because our lead actor just dropped out the day before. Holy shit. That sucks. Welcome to motion pictures. um, So then I tried to sort of fill in for him. I I can't act while I'm directing and producing. And it just was so stressful. I, but I didn't do it in front of my crew. I, um, I had a meltdown in my car. I, I walked my car a couple blocks down and I just sort of sat in the car and sort of, you know, uh, purged my let it emotions. Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. let it out. You got to do it. Makes feels. Be- I mean, that's stressful. That does sound really stressful. Like, yeah, I can't even imagine. 
And it's like, I knew that I was at this point, like $70,000 in debt. And now my lead actor, like dropped out right beforehand. And, um, and I had a recap and I tried to, I was like, maybe I can make it work by doing it. And I realized that I couldn't make it work. And so I knew that I had to recast him and everything like that. So we had to recast that the lead, one of the leads. Well, there's like three leads. I recast one of the leads that night. Um, so that was very stressful. That was the only time I really had a meltdown on set, but I, it, it wasn't on set. I, I made sure to do it away from everybody else. Um, uh, there were several people who had meltdowns and, but after that I was sort of like the Zen guy, right? Because I realized that like when you're the leader of something like this, you have to project confidence or else people are going to lose confidence in you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you're, the, you're um, the rock. You're the rock you on know, set. Yeah, exactly. So there, there's so many times where inside, man, I was, I was freaking out. I was just, but I was doing my best to sort of hold myself together. There was one part where somebody, I, I, I won't, I, I don't really want to name any names um, or like go too much into, into drama or whatever. There was a lot of drama on the set. That, that's one thing. Um, there was a lot of people. Yeah. There was a, there's a lot of people who worked on that. I will never work with again in my entire life. Um, wow. A lot of drama. Yeah. Drama. But at the end a of the day, a lot of drama got, that was yeah. unnecessary. It was unnecessary drama. That's the thing is I was trying to be everyone's friend on set. I was, you know, and, and I realized you can't the do that you can't. It's like being friends, it's like a boss being friends with uh, yeah. their subordinates. You can't do yeah. it. But it's it's different with actors, yeah. right? Because actors are so I don't know what the word is like. They're they're different kinds of people and place. you have to coddle them. Yeah. You have to coddle them in, in some cases and you have to stroke their ego and you have to do that. And you got to build them of, up and then break them down. Well, the thing is, I'm not the kind of person to do that. So my directing style is I'm very you're much not, like you're not Stanley Kubrick uh, causing what's her face to have a, a panic attack just before. Scene. No, but I'm probably but yeah, I'm probably closer. To, I'm, I'm, I'm probably closer to Stanley Kubrick than I am to someone like uh, Greta Gerwig, who's just like, I just love that. You're just amazing. Uh and that when I really like a take, I'll say that was great. Let's move on. Like that was it. Let's print that. Um, I'm. I don't know. I, I'm just more just sort of to the point. Uh, I don't like to. I don't like to sort of butter people up or you know brown nose or anything like that because uh, in my own experience, when people talk like that to me, it just makes me feel uncomfortable. So I don't like talking like that to other people. Yeah. Um, I'd rather just say that was good. You know, that's the one I want. Let's move on. You did it. You know, good job. And that's pretty much what I leave it at. But some of the actors did not like that. And they thought that I was, I don't know, that I hated them or something like that, which wasn't true. Uh, but several of the actors were very entitled pieces of shit. And <laughs> yeah, see, I've, um, only, I've only ever done <laughs> improv and theater before. You so, know who you are. So yeah. It's a different if experience. If if, it's a totally different experience look, because you're doing it live. You only get the one take. And if something's no good, oh, it's yeah. like, well, it's up in the ether. We, we put it out there. We did it. And, you know, there's a lot of shouting, like, afterwards of, like, why did you do this? Why didn't you do that? You forgot this. Oh, you flubbed that line. Like, trying, could you picture me trying to say Shakespeare and play it serious? Well, but here's here's the thing, though. Here's the (laughs) thing, though, about, like, actors, right? There's some actors are there because they want to make a movie. They're there because they believe in the project because they're like, this is a piece of art that we want to create. 
And some actors are there because it's an ego boost because and they went onto the set thinking that they were above my crew and above the other actors. Whoa. And I have a big problem with that. Completely understandable. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you come into a set like that fucking attitude, that it immediately shuts down the creative process. It's a cooperative process. Yeah, no matter where you're at on the show, like you, you know, everybody has a a part to play, whether you're in the main event or you're the opening match. Like that's, that's how it works. There's no small part. You look at uh, Chris Farley and Billy Madison. When he's playing the bus driver, talking about, uh, uh, you know, that is one fine piece of ace. Like, he doesn't have a whole lot to say in that movie, but his one scene, he goes so hard. It, that, like, that's what people remember from that movie, is that one game, or the guy uh, at, the, at the end of the, the movie where he's going off about, what you have said in your rambling does not resemble anything close to an answer <laughs> that, you know, that he goes off saying we're all dumber for having seen it, like that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that guy, you know, that's a bit part in a movie. But that's a memorable thing. Like that's what people remember is oh, remember that guy in that one line where he's saying everybody's dumb now. Yeah. So it takes no. it takes a, it takes a, yeah. an ensemble. It takes a, a you know a, it takes a village to raise a raise a kid essentially. Well, well, well you think yeah. like like one person doesn't run a whole restaurant. Yeah. No, there's not one guy on a ball team. But I I will say I will say we'll, yeah, we'll, it's I'll, a team not, effort. Absolutely, a team effort. Not Mister Perfect throwing themselves a uh, touchdown pass. Yeah. Uh, I will. It's I'll, a team effort, and the thing is is. Yeah, I'll let you talk. Sorry, that's all right. I, I just want to make sure people. Uh, so, uh, uh, give me like a, a very small synopsis of the film and where people can check it out. Uh, oh yeah, so, so so that they know what it's about. So yeah, so uh, if you like movies like American Graffiti, Days Confused, Slacker, Boyhood, those kinds of movies, this is definitely in your ballpark. Uh, it's a movie that's sort of a slice of life of um, what it's like to be a teenager in Florida. It takes place over the course of just one of one day. And it follows several different teenagers sort of over the course of one day leading what's a pretty normal life in Florida. And it's all based on either my experiences or it's inspired by like my friends and uh, friends and family and uh, things of that nature. Uh, A lot of the conversations were just lifted from real life conversations that I had um, with people. And, uh, you know, and the idea was to make something that felt very real and almost like a almost like a documentary of uh, of real people. Um, rather than like a film. And, and one of the things that I did to sort of make it feel more real was we shot it only on one lens and we shot it completely handheld at eye level for the entire film. So, um, yeah, uh, we didn't have a tripod. Yeah, so we, there's never a tripod shot in the film. Um, it's all handheld and it's all with what is called a normal lens, which is, I think, a 35 millimeter. It's like about 50 millimeters. It, and what a normal lens is, is that it's the least amount of distortion in the lens. It's how it's the closest to what uh, the human eye, how the human eye perceives reality. Right. So uh, on 16 millimeter, it was I, I forget the exact lens, but it was something like 18 or 20 millimeters or something like that. Um, so where can, uh, you know, so it's the least amount of distortion. What's the, what's the, what's the website to buy it? Like it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the website to buy it, it's currently on Vimeo on demand, uh, Vimeo.com slash on demand slash wasted hours, uh, this next week. So before this podcast goes up, I'm working on getting it onto Amazon. Oh, fantastic. Um, Everybody go buy it. Like I'm, I'm proud of our boy Kino getting his movie out. Like that's one more movie than I've made, and I'm so proud of him. Like I, I can't add a boy him enough. Absolutely. You guys got to go watch it. Everybody buy it, rent it, subscribe. Absolutely. Kino and for anyone, yeah, Kino for anyone Porter. who's into like, 
<laughs> for anyone who's into like 90s films, the, my movie does star uh, Jeremy London, who starred in Mallrats. Yes. Oh, very nice. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's a funny story of how he even got the part. I, um, I initially didn't want to cast him because I wanted everybody in the movie to be an, a complete unknown. I wanted to feel like as like just grounded and down to earth as possible and everything. You know what I mean? I was like, if I have like somebody who's, and it's, I've been friends with Jeremy for years. And um, I'm like, if I have anyone who's ha- is a name, you know, it could betray the, the sort of the feeling of it. But what happened is that the actor that was supposed to play his character, uh, I fired. Um, he was just awful. I'm not, mm. again, not going to name names. Man on their ass. But I fired him. And uh, he he cost me a lot. He what oh, he did was man. honestly like unforgivable in my eyes. Um, so the night after I fired him, it was at the end of our second week of shooting. So we were coming into our third week, our third and final week. And now I didn't have this actor. Now I didn't have this character cast. And so the next day I called up Jeremy and um, he drove up from Tampa. Uh, he was in Tampa at the time. He drove from Tampa that weekend and we knocked out all the scenes in about a day and a half. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah. So like and that's... then it was like, wow, I have like a name actor, you know, sort of name actor. He's been a lot of TV. You know, he's in Gods and Generals. He's um, he's recognizable. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. He's been yeah. Stuff. Like, can't add a boy him enough for coming in and pitching clutch like that. Like that is. Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was he was really clutch. Get it done in a day and and get everything like. Yeah, he was really clutch in that situation. How how tight making a movie is the amount of it's like going to war. You have to prep for it for forever. And and the the, the timetable that you're on of. All right. I've got all my pieces here. I've got my crew here. I've got the actors here. We're losing daylight every day. We're losing time every day. We have to get this stuff set up and, and shot. The the balancing act of that, the the insanity of that, the the human cost of that. I, yeah, I, especially, I can't stress that enough. Yeah. like what somebody goes through trying to get a movie made because the because you really make a movie three times over the course of making it. You're you're writing the thing, then you actually have to film the thing, then you have to go edit the thing. And, and, and yeah. I, I guess even the fourth one would be uh, uh, pitching the thing. You have to get it out in front of people now. Like you have to sell yeah, the movie. I, I, I go through I go through all that in my video. Um, and one of the things that, you know, I, you kind of brought it up to me and I'm I'm thinking about it now. Mm-hmm. Right. Is how you sort of, you know, rewrite it. I, I just want to say this about Jeremy is that he came up, he did a great job. We we're able to get all this stuff done in about one and a half days. It was an insane sort of just like the way that we just <laughs> kind of just like really sort of got through shooting all this all this stuff. Um but the original cut of the movie was over 100 minutes long. And now the cut is 84 minutes plus about a minute and a half, two minutes of credits. Oh, that's um, awesome. So I cut. Yeah. So I cut about 16, 17 minutes of, of the film and I changed up the chronology of it. You know, that was in the script. And that is and that is even different than like if, if you look at the script, I actually have a copy of the script. Um just right over there. I'm looking at my copy of the script that I still have saved. Um, if you were to go by the script and say like, I'm going to like watch the movie, you know, there's those like videos like script to screen. You know what I mean? They show like what's happening in the movie and they have, they show like what's on script, man. If you do that for wasted hours, it's, it's nothing is going to like mesh. The movie is so different. When it comes to it. Yeah. The movie is, 
the movie's so different. So like the the directors that I was going in like being very influenced by were like uh, Robert Altman, Mike Lee, and Richard Linklater. I would say are the the big three ones, and what all three do. And this is also my sort of like take on it is I wanted the dialogue to sound naturalistic. Now there's a big difference between like you're writing something on paper and in your mind you're saying it to yourself, right? Because every character is kind of coming out through your voice and through your voice. It sounds like something that like a regular person would say. It sounds like a natural piece of dialogue. And then you have an actor, you cast an actor and you're doing the scene and it just doesn't sound right. It just sounds like kind of stilted, you know, like the words don't fit the person, the words don't fit the voice and whatever. So what I would do is we would just work. We worked for about a week beforehand, um, just kind of going through all the different scenes and changing up all the dialogue. That's so cool. well. I, I, just to sort of uh, yeah. I think as a director, you get to be that fluid a director and writer. I should say you get to be that that fluid member, and you 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 can craft it in a way that feels for far more natural in motion, essentially. Because I think static versus emotion, yeah. it ends up uh, with a greater product. But yes, I will say. Uh, so we should go to the Kino Corner to find out more about uh, this fantastic film, and and you will have immediate links there to buy it. Hope I, I yeah. my boy, I, I I hopefully want to see it on Amazon, but I will be supporting it via Vimeo on demand, no matter what. Um, so you you're yeah, talking about absolutely. some of the content. Can I put Kino, this over the, hard enough, brother? Yeah. You gotta yeah. go see it. Wasted hours. Wasted hours. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you guys want to talk, I, you know what? I did a lot of research, right, about weird Hollywood stories. <laughs> and I don't know if like Maybe we're at the time. end of the, uh, the we'll, time. We'll, uh, yeah, but, I feel like we're wrapping But I feel like now, this uh, is the second part. We're gonna we're gonna we'll have a second part in the near future. I will say, how about this? Everyone who's listening to this, go and watch Wasted Hours, and then we'll do a part two, and we'll talk about a, a lot more, and we'll kind of kind of get people's comments in yeah. regards to that. So. Uh, it's an audience audience participation uh, hour. This is a uh, required reading, as they say. Yeah, but yeah, yeah so, get your asses to work. Okay, Kino Corner. Yeah, everyone go. Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I just want to say, everyone go read into the Twilight Zone movie. Everyone go read into uh, Dennis Hopper on the set of uh, Rebel Without a Cause. Everyone go read into uh, Cary Grant's LSD um, uh, LSD addiction um, oh, <laughs> and read into. Yeah, and go save it for the next one. Judy Garland, absolutely. Yeah, you, you know what we'll have to do? We'll have a mashup. We'll have a real weird sickos slash Kino cast mashup. Why can't we'll it be real weird you sickos and yeah. versus Kino? Uh, versus and we'll Kino like cast. have like a big powwow. We'll have a weird off. Okay, Ben, cut that out then. Um, cut <laughs> cut this bit out then. You don't get here. You don't get here. Oh, thank you. Better cut it out, eh? We're putting Ben to work on, on this My episode. Boy ben. Uh, but yes, uh, if you want to go and support this film, go over to uh, the Kino Corner on YouTube. Uh, what is what is your at uh, Twitter, my good friend, so people can get it? My my Twitter is the Kino Corner um, at the Kino Corner. You also see me as just as the punished Kino Corner. I am gonna I'm gonna stick with that <laughs> name for for quite a while. Yeah. But um, yeah, you can find you can find my movie on Vimeo. Um, hopefully, it'll be on Amazon by the time this comes up. Uh, I'm currently working on that right now. And, you know, everything is I, I'm doing everything myself. So, so I'm a one man one man show at this point. And uh, um, yeah, and the movie is a is a comedy. It's pretty lighthearted lighthearted comedy um it's gonna be very different than the than the next film that i have in the works at the moment um and I'm, yeah i'm guessing you two talk so, about this on the you know, kino cast as well with a, a good friend of oki's weird stories 
You know, I've talked about it a little bit on the Kino cast, but I haven't actually gone that much into it. Um, because we haven't recorded a Kino, we haven't recorded the Kino cast in several weeks just because of uh, you need yeah, to get on it. A, you need to get, get on, on it. it. Yeah, where are you? Yeah, episodes? no, we're recording another on. one tomorrow. Ooh. So we're recording one tomorrow with um uh with a guy named Mark Rappaport. He uh, is a friend of uh, Dasha Nekrasova, who's from the podcast Red Scare. Ooh, and he produced her film The Scary on Sixty First, which played at the Berlin Film Festival, and. Uh, we're going to be talking to him about uh, working with Dasha. And uh, I'm sure people listening to this know who Dasha Do you guys know who Dasha is? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, you know who Dasha is. Mm-hmm. So Dasha also worked with another friend of mine, Eugene Kotlarenko. Um, he made that movie Spree. Oh, Spree. And yes. Pa- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dasha worked with Eugene on a film called Wobble Palace. I, I think it was she was on a couple of films of his. But yeah, I mean, the circle is pretty small, Absolutely. you know, like <laughs> the film industry is a lot smaller than people think. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, so so Mark produced. So what happened was Mark produced a scary 61st. Um, then that movie got leaked out to the Internet. And this random like Twitter user sent me a link to it and I watched it. And um, and so anyways, I did a review of it. So then <laughs> Mark was asking me who leaked it because he thought that I knew. And I was like, I honestly don't know. I was like, I think that it's somebody from the cast or crew. He thinks it's a mutual friend of ours. So I reached out to the mutual friend and I was like, did you leak it? He's like, no, I didn't. And I'm like, OK, I, I don't know if I believe you or whatever. Anyways, Dasha then reached out to the mutual friend. He was like, it's on site, like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like she got super pissed off and. You know, that guy told me that he didn't do it, but whatever. It's like a whole fiasco thing. But I'm a I'm a diplomat. And I was like, look, I don't know who did it. I I think it was someone from the cast or crew. I saw it. I tried to signal boost you guys like because they shot that on 16 millimeter as well. I was like, I'm you know, I'm I'm not a mean guy. Like you're making a you're making a low budget movie on 16 millimeter. I'm definitely going to encourage you and, you know, do that sort of stuff. I, I didn't share the film either. You know, I wasn't sending out the link to anybody. I got it, watched it, did a review of it, a good review. And, um, you know, yeah. just try to help out. And uh, um, well, a director's job so now is he's to be coming a diplomat on the sometimes. Cast. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, well, I'm, I'm definitely I'm I definitely have a diplomatic personality. I, I don't want to create drama with people. I, um, you know, I, I'm definitely like a world peace kind of guy. Like, I'm like, hey, let's uh, let's just work together on this. Like, uh. <laughs> You know, you catch more flies. So, to be stand to fight before, absolutely. But I will say, if you're looking for yeah, more so, Kino Corner stuff, yeah. go to YouTube.com/slash The Kino Corner. Get your teeth into some yes. of that. There's the link. I think the, watch the, that the salo video, absolutely. Because yeah, yeah, watch my salo video. The salo video. Yeah, we'll have <laughs> yes, until that next watch time. Watch the, the salo next, video. We'll definitely have the salo. We'll have a salo <laughs> yeah. half hour on that one. Uh, but yes. Oh uh, no, I'm actually I'm actually doing a salo special on the Kino cast. <laughs> yes. So, yes. This sounds good. Time. The salad special on the Kino cast. I'm announcing this now. It might have already happened by the time this podcast comes out. I don't yeah, know. Baby. I know you guys sometimes just sit on these podcasts for like a month. I fucking so. know. Roast me Dude, Kino, you're episode nine. Did you know that? Episode nine. Uh, so, so anyways, the salad special is going to have me, Oki, 
Ren's reviews Eggy and Monkey Jones. There you go. Oh, Sounds nice. like a banger episode, yeah, that's bro. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. I miss love Eggy on Twitter. I miss him so much. <laughs> yes, it, it is a it is a uh, rose gallery there. So I go with you. Uh, <laughs> so the channel is Kino Corner, and the Kino Cast is another channel. The Kino well. Corner, exactly. Get yourself. Yeah, it's, it's my second channel. Absolutely. Get yourself two scoops of that action with our good friend uh, Kino and Oki. Uh, but I, I will have to throw it to Jen. Jen, what do you work on? There will be a video. Video. A video. She does video. She does video. Two people. Two people. Two people that are pretty amazing. One you haven't seen for a while, Ooh. and the other that he is doing some big things. So um, be on the lookout Absolutely. for that one. Um, Charles Cobb. Charles Cobb. What are you working on on the uh, on the Twitch? Oh, brother, I'm gonna be all over Twitch, TikTok. YouTube, Twitter, I'm everywhere. The social king, the social king. And I'm yeah, continuously working. King wor- of all media. Absolutely. And I'm continuously working on bullshit in the background on uh, that cyberpunk show. Mr. Kino, thank you so very kindly for joining us today. I always uh, appreciate it. No, thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's been this great. Was a good one, Kino. Always love Kino. Kino's my brother. Yes. Love <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, uh, you seen any weird movies, Kino? Shut up! Hi, my name is Tom Video Girl. Thank you okay, so very much. So get ready for a four hour Absolutely. long talk by the Kino <laughs> Corner about the weird <laughs> movies. <laughs> um so from myself, Tom, Kino, Jen, Charles, and everyone who is supporting us behind the scenes, like Base Weight and Mr. Ben, we want to thank you so much for staying weird. Oh, I love Base Weight. Absolutely. Base Weight. Bye. Yes. Also did TCU thing. Uh, Shout out Base Weight. Love, yeah. Absolutely. We love Ben and uh, Base Weight, and we love you. But, love d- hi- love hypothetically. Everybody. Hypothetically. But not legally. Uh, until next time, mm-hmm. stay weird and stay lovely, and we'll catch you then.